Welcome to DP City Church Podcast. Connect, grow, serve. All right, so before we jump into the word today, there's some uh, house cleaning that we should take care of. So if you guys would all just join me in honoring our pastors, Pastor Bob, Pastor Susan, Pastor Steve, and Pastor Suzanne. Um, you know, it's amazing to see the ministry even grow from the four years that Sharissa and I have been here to where it is now. And so I'm truly blessed by our four awesome pastors here. Each and every single one of them impart something different to me and are a different, valuable member to my life. And I f- really feel like together they operate in helping this church be what it is. And so thank you, pastors, so much. And one more thing that we want to honor is our youth leadership team. So make some noise for Ryan and Chelsea, Alex and Brooke, uh, Tracy and Freddie, and my wife. You guys, man, you guys make doing ministry so easy to have such a great team around. Um, I just couldn't. So <laughs> if we could just uh, help me out real quick, because I, hey, I get stage fright. We're just going to close and pray, and then we'll jump into the word. So thank you, God, for bringing us here today. We just ask for you to bless each and every one of us. We just ask that your words flow through me, Father God, that um, what you want to be talked about tonight is talked about, and what you want to be conceived in our hearts is what we get, Father God. And we just thank you for your presence, and thank you for your grace. In your name we pray. Amen. So... I grew up hearing a lot about faith, like just faith was totally amongst my family, right? Like that's what we talked about all the time. And because we grew up in a very interesting family dynamic, you know, we, we had uh, split parents and then remarried and then stepbrothers and half-brothers and it was just a crazy dynamic, but we always stayed true in our faith and just so you guys know, we'll get the record straight, my stepbrothers are my brothers, so uh, there's no step about it. Uh, unless they step up to me, then, no, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, And we've learned ever since we were kids that faith, like, revolves around everything we do. It's not just, like, a biblical principle, and it is, but when you pay your bill, you have faith that the people are going to receive it and do the thing they're supposed to do with it. When you order chicken nuggets, you have faith that when you open up your fast food bag, it's going to be chicken nuggets and not a cheeseburger. Because half of us, if we get a cheeseburger, we're going to be like, what? If you're me, you're kind of more embarrassed. And you're just like, no, the cheeseburger is fine. And then my wife's like, you wanted chicken nuggets. And I'm like, you're right. And that's why you marry a very awesome woman who can speak for you when you're scared to do things like that. Um, so, yeah, our whole lives revolve around faith. Every single step we take actually has faith involved. I don't know about you guys, but when I go out in the morning to leave for work, I have to have faith that my car is going to start because sometimes it doesn't. (laughs) So, um, and when our faith is answered, what do we call that? Like there's there's an answer. There's a word that we look at when our faith is answered. And we call it a blessing, right? Anytime our faith is answered, we're just like, oh, that was such a blessing. That was such a blessing. But sometimes the lack of a blessing is the blessing in itself. And I know that sounds a little bit crazy, but sometimes people have faith mixed up. They think if they pray and believe and just have faith, it's 100% guarantee that whatever they're asking for is going to be handed to them. And that's not always true, right? Hear me when I tell you a no is a blessing. So here's a little, little tidbit into my life. I absolutely hate being late to things. Like, 
I hate it. I would rather be 45 minutes early, an hour early, sitting in my car doing absolutely nothing than be five minutes late. Hate being late, right? Um, but how many of you guys know a stop sign is a blessing? <laughs> because no matter how much I hate being late, thank God there's a stop sign there. Because I would probably not be late. I would be a never showed up if there wasn't a stop sign, right? I would run through those things. Stop signs and stoplights are such a blessing, even though they slow me down. Because I hate being late. But back on faith. Faith is not a YouTube challenge. How many of you guys have heard YouTube challenge from your kids before? Yeah, it's not a all you can carry. Listen, let me give you guys a hint to your grandkids and your kids and your nieces and nephews. If they say, mom, dad, Theo, Theo, I want to do a all you could carry YouTube challenge, run the other way. Don't do it. Shh. Don't do it. Because they're going to trap you and making you buy every single thing they could carry as long as they don't drop it. And that's not faith, right? <laughs> Use wisdom. Don't get suckered in to the all you could carry YouTube challenge because it's not faith. And sometimes it's not the right time. Sometimes it's not the right place. Sometimes it's not the right job. Sometimes it's not the right school. Sometimes it's not the right people. Sometimes it's not the right car. Sometimes it's not the right coach. Sometimes it's just not the right thing. And just because we stand in faith for something, like we want to get into USC, which is a great school, but instead we got into Cal, which is also a pretty good school. Neither one of them are Oregon, but, you know. That doesn't mean we lacked faith or that our faith failed because we got into Cal and not USC. And if we really wanted to manipulate God's will on our lives, if we really wanted to take control of the situation, we could still go to USC even though we didn't get in on it. We just have to take a different route. Might have to go to a junior college. Might have to not pay or might have to pay for a scholarship, right? You have to pay for your tuition versus Cal, you had a full ride scholarship. Oftentimes we can manipulate what we want, and call it faith. I wanted to get into USC so bad, but I had to do this, 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 and this to get here. And that was all faith. Or God opened a door with a full ride scholarship to me to walk through to go to Cal. And it's hard because both are great scenarios and both are awesome schools. And quite honestly, we would all love to go to any of them if we were back in our our college days. But understand that God gives us a freedom of will. So rather we do something good or bad, we do it because we decided to do it. We can still find our way to go to one place and not the other. But if we manipulate our lives to get to USC and not go the way Cal had, how many blessings are we missing out on? What if we were supposed to meet our spouse at Cal and instead, we met somebody who got us addicted to drugs at USC. What if we were supposed to meet a business partner who was going to help us start a multi-million dollar corporation and feed the hungry people, and instead we started a corrupt organization that steals money from hardworking people? You see, those are the things that we get ourselves wrapped into when we think we know, when we manipulate the situation. Hebrews 11.1 1, says, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. I love that scripture. And that's where my sermon title comes in today. I know that was a really long intro. Built for the blessing. And I want to ask you guys a question and just think about it for a second before we dive even further. 
Are you built for the blessing? So, when I was 13 years old, I was not good at a lot of things. Like, seriously. I was not like a kid who had a lot of natural gifts. Anything that I wanted to be good, except for video games. But anything that I wanted to be good at, it actually took a lot of work. I used to really, like, be frustrated with, like, kids who... They're like, man, he's just a natural athlete. Man, he's just a natural skater. Man, he's such a good drawler. And I would be like, man, like, I have to do so much work to be okay, right? But one thing that I want to say I was really, really good at, like naturally good at, was being a little brother. Like I had the annoying part of being a little brother, like mastered, right? I was on one, constantly on one. I was very annoying. Like, if they had a Hall of Fame for, for it, I would be first ballot Hall of Famer for annoying little brothers. Like, <laughs> I was great at it. I was great. Trust me. You, you Trust me. So, when I was 13, my brother got on this, like, health kick out of nowhere. My oldest brother, he's, like, 14 years older than me, so he was, like, 27 or something like that. He got on this health kick out of nowhere. He was never, like, a healthy guy, but up to, well, maybe in high school, but I was too young. He started working out every night after work. And he was a cement mason foreman, so he traveled concrete. He built bridges. A lot of the bridges you drive on down the 60 freeway, that's my family's blood, sweat, and tears inside that. And uh, so he would work hard all day long, right? And then come home and open up his garage and start slamming weights. We lived next door to each other. One of the greatest blessings of my life was living next door to my brother. And uh, he, would, he would start lifting weights, and so me being the annoying... 13-year-old brother, I'd be like, you're weak. You have chicken legs. Because he does. He's like really big and strong, but his calves are like tiny. It's so funny. And uh, I would, man, I talk so much smack. It's, it's crazy that he didn't come through and hit me, to be quite honest with you, because I was on one with him. And so he did what any good older brother would do and decided to teach me a lesson. And he said, well, if you think you're strong and you think I'm weak, you should come over here and show me what you got. Now, I wasn't stupid, okay? So I, if I was going to do that, I, it needed to be worth my while. <laughs> I wasn't just going to go over there and prove nothing. I'm like, well, what, do you, what are you going to bargain with here? So my brother had this car at this time. Man, I love this car. It was, a, it was a 2003 Honda Civic, red, had a body kit on it. I was a huge fan of this car, right? Looked just like that. I love the Fast and the Furious movies, so, um, yeah, I just absolutely admired everything about this car, right? And even to this day, it has stuck with me. I am constantly scrolling through OfferUp and Facebook and looking for cars that I can't afford because I want to buy them and work on them, like Mitsubishi Eclipses and 350Zs and all, I mean, it goes on and the list goes on and Sharissa gets so mad because I'm like laying down on the bed and she's like, what are you doing? I'm like, look at this car. <laughs> and she's like, uh, that's like eight grand. We don't have that. I was like, I know, but isn't it pretty? <laughs> you know? And so this car meant so much to me. So my brother said, well, if you can outlift me, the Honda's yours. I'm like, for real? My brother's like, yeah, the Honda's yours. So the challenge begins. I get all lumbered up, right? I was playing high school football at the time, so I was like, I'm pretty sure I can outlift him. And we get into his garage, and he throws weight on the, on the bar. And I immediately noticed I was not built for that. 
I was not, in every way, I was definitely a 13-year-old boy, and he was definitely a 30-year-old man. <laughs> like, I was strong, but I was not built for that, that weight right there. And what I come to realize is I wasn't built for that blessing. Although a car would have been a huge blessing at that time, although that car would have been an even bigger blessing because I personally loved that car, I wasn't built for that blessing. I wasn't strong enough to hold that blessing. I wasn't financially built for it because I couldn't have... Uh, car insurance. I couldn't pay for gas. I couldn't pay for tags or a title transfer. I wasn't spiritually built for it because if I had a car like that, I probably would have been driving like a menace around town just wah, 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 just because it sounded cool, right? I definitely wasn't emotionally ready for it because I guarantee you I would have crashed that car. I'm 30 years old. I've had three cars kind of like that car and I've crashed every single one of them, okay? And physically, I wasn't built for it because I don't think I could reach the pedals. <laughs> and I definitely didn't know how to drive stick. So I just was not built for that blessing, although it would have been a blessing. I mean, how many 13-year-olds want a car? All of them, right? Even though they know driving is at least two and a half years away, they still want a car and a cool car. I could have, like, pulled up and went, like, Ooh. let's see, she looked. Right? But I wasn't built for it. Needless to say, my brother didn't bless me with the car. I wish he did. But actually what he blessed me with was even beyond what I could ever thank him for. The next day, he picked me up, and we went for a drive. And we went and got breakfast. And my brother knows I was his road dog. Like, it didn't matter where he was going. He could have been going to L.A. to get his check or going to wash his car or have no destination at all. But I was his road dog. We were going we to cruise no matter where we went. And that blessing has stuck with me to this day. We actually bonded really, really close in that time because after that day when I realized how weak I was, I never wanted to get punked like that again. Even though he didn't, like, bully me, I, I realized I wasn't as strong as I thought I was. And every night when he got home from work, we, we worked out together for a solid four months until he started night shifts. And so the blessing of that memory and those times and the driving in the car was such a greater blessing than what I had thought I was going to get in getting the car, right? <clears throat> and I think it's natural for us to get a little bit frustrated when we ask God for something and then the immediate response is not that thing, like that specific thing that we ask for. And that's why we're human, right? It's, I think it's okay that we get frustrated. I think God programmed us with emotions for a reason, right? Now, we definitely need to check ourselves sometimes because it's like, dude, do you know if you wanted to, right? But I think frustration is okay. But that's when we start asking ourselves, am I built for this blessing? Meaning, are you ready to step out of the season you're in and into that next season? Are you built up to that point? And that's a question you have to ask yourself. Because before you ask God for a new job, you better be prepared for the responsibilities that come with the new job. Because you don't just step into a new job and think you're going to get away with the same old laxy-daisy behavior. Think you're going to step into a new job and still show up 15 minutes late every day. Think you're going to step into a management position and go, well, I don't care what they do as long as I handle my own. Well, your bosses now care because you're in charge of them. And it's the importance of these things that we stand firm and ask God. Or we need to ask ourselves if what we're building ourselves up with aligns with the word that God has for our heart or our lives. 
And if God says no to a door and opens a different one, you have to realize when a blessing wasn't yours. It might have been somebody else's blessing. Maybe you weren't built for that blessing. Maybe you're overbuilt for that blessing, and God wants to do something so much bigger, but you're stuck on the smaller. So in Jude 1, verse 10, it says, You are beloved. Build yourselves up in faith. Now, I love what we're being told right here. We're being told, build ourselves up. It doesn't say, build yourself there. It doesn't say, build yourself to the side. It says, build yourself up. And the crazy part about building yourself up is that when God reveals a season or a blessing that you weren't prepared for, you realize all the building that was done beforehand. Wow, that's why that happened? Wow, that's why I had to do that? Wow, that's why I had to go through that? Because of that? That's crazy. God was working that whole time. Oh my gosh. And then think back to all the little complaints during that season. I just don't know where God is. I'm praying and telling him I need this and I need that. And I don't think he's listening to me very well. A couple years later, man, God was, I can't believe God was working through all that. That's crazy. And when you enter a new season, you have to ask yourself, am I building myself up or am I building at all? I was watching a pastor this week, and he said something that clicked with me. It was like a completely different sermon than what I'm talking about, but like, it was like this one sentence that I pulled through, and I was like, oh, that's so good. I need to borrow it. It was so good. He said, if you're going on vacation, you don't pack where you're at. If you live in Idaho, but you're going to Hawaii, you don't pack like you're living in Idaho to go to Hawaii. You pack like you're going to Hawaii. Well, in ministry and in life, we should be in those same seasons. You realize when you're in a season, you're not packing and surrounding yourself and building yourself for the season you're in. You need to be building yourself up and packing for that next season. So when that next season unlocks, you have everything you need to get through it. Not that it's going to be easy. There's no cheat codes. But you have the tools you need to get through to that next season to the next season. But oftentimes we sit there and go, when's it going to be my turn? but we're not in our word. When's it going to be my turn? But we don't want to serve in children's church. When's it going to be my turn? But we don't show up to community events. Now, I'm not talking about ministry at church. I'm talking about life in general. I remember I was one of those entitled apprentices in the union when I was in the union just couldn't wait to become a foreman because my dad was a foreman and a superintendent and all kinds of other things and my brother was a foreman and my other brother was a lead man and I was like it's hereditary is a weird word but we're gonna go with hereditary that I'm gonna be a foreman and I got there eventually where I was like an unofficial foreman because I didn't fill out a time card but I had like I had a gas card and company tools and jobs I was in charge of and all kinds of things. So I was like a foreman, but I was like 25, so they were like, you're not really a foreman, but you're a foreman, right? But there were so many times where I manipulated my way into that position of success. When I got an opportunity to badmouth another guy who was like kind of my equal, I did. Yeah, Ricky's all right. His name's not Ricky. Ricky's all right, but uh, he takes a lot of smoke breaks, really. Like if I was to add up his smoke breaks, that's like an extra hour worth of work that I'm putting down. Like, 
I don't get that. If I walk away, I get yelled at. But if he walks away with a cigarette or a boss comes, how's, how's it looking? You know, a superintendent would come in and check with us. How's, how's the job going? Flowers? It's going good. Well, my side's going good. You should really check out those guys. And I would point to areas that I knew were jacked up because that's what I wanted the boss to see. And I did eventually manipulate my way up into a position of authority and power, but it wasn't my blessing. It wasn't my season. I shouldn't have ever been in that position. And it caused me a lot more hurt and pain than it gained me any kind of benefit. Why did I say that? I don't know. That's crazy. It's not even in my notes. Um, Oh, but you don't pack for the season that you're in. You pack for the season that you're going to, right? So that behavior that I had, that was apprentice behavior, like straight up. That was like high school, like straight out of high school. I'm going to manipulate my way to the top, and I'm going to kiss my, my boss's butt, and I'm going to do all the things that I'm supposed to do and say all the things I'm supposed to say in order to get the job that I want instead of just putting my head down and going to work and being faithful in it, right? And so, again, you don't just prepare yourself for the season you're in, you prepare yourself for the season you're going into to see if you're built for that blessing. But, but, how many of you guys like big butts? But God, right? Thank you. That's a, that's a knock on Pastor Suzanne's sermon. First Thessalonians 5.11 gives us one more hint when it comes to building ourselves up. It says, therefore, encourage one another's and build one another up just as you're doing. It's not enough to see the season that you want to go into and the blessing you're asking for to build yourself up in it until you get to that point. You actually got to see what your brothers and sisters are doing and the blessings they need and the seasons they're stepping into and help build them up to that point. No kingdom ever secured its kingdom because the king was the only guy doing anything. It took soldiers, and it took squires, and it took mothers to feed those people, right? And they all built each other up. As soon as any, any royal line in history decided only our, our bloodline is good enough, everything crumbled. Because they only wanted to build themselves up. Any, any society in history, the moment they decide that only we are good enough, only our tribe, only our tribe could be the kings, only our tribe could be the number one, they've They've faulted, right? They've faltered. They've been destroyed. They've been stepped over. Because you have to look at your brothers and sisters and build them up too. You have to move them into another season as well. You have to refuse to just see you as the only person who's anointed and the only person who's called and the only person who can do anything and realize that God calls and qualifies unqualified people. And he wants to move. Sorry, Phoebe, I know I'm moving all over the place. It's my adult ADHD. I just can't help it. Um, and he wants you to know that doesn't matter what the world does see or has seen. doesn't matter what the ministry and the leadership has seen or has heard. That he still wants you. He still wants you. And it's our job as brothers and sisters in Christ to help you through that and build you up in ministry even more. You guys know what makes a really, really great team leader or team captain? It's not necessarily the one who's in the gym first, like Kobe. Kobe was a great basketball player. Great basketball player. I don't know if he was the best team captain. They normally said that was Derek Fisher, usually. And it's not always the guy who's doing everything extra, right? 
look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. That's not usually not the best team leader. It's actually the one who makes everyone around them even better than what they are. Because if you're, let's talk about basketball stats real quick. I don't know why. Because if you're at 80 and everyone else around you gets brought up to an 85 because they're around you, that's a good team. But if you're a 90 but everyone else you're playing with is a 60, you're probably going to look pretty good. But what's it going to amount to? Remember 1 Thessalonians 5.11 says, Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. And I think that's what it's all about, Christianity in general. Oftentimes in ministry, we like to hear, we hear this term, my race, my race. Oh, my ministry. Let me tell you about my ministry. Let me tell you about my race that I'm running. And I think we're confused that we all think we're running sprints and we forget that we're really running a relay race and we have teammates all over us that need batons in order to run. Oftentimes we think, we're playing tennis, and we're really playing football. Unless you think you're playing tennis duos, then my analogy doesn't work. And if so, you think like I do. So congratulations. Um, right? Because football, you could be the fastest guy on the field, but if you don't have a big dude in front of you, <laughs> well, okay, you're fast, buddy. <laughs> you know, you need a couple big guys in front of you to, to kind of clear that way, right? And Christianity is like that. It's a team sport. And a lot of times we sit here and talk about our own race, and we like to elevate ourselves up to the top of the mountain, but we don't always pull those up with us or push. A good leader pushes from behind. I want you to ask yourself right now, what is God building for you? What is God building you up for? What season are you in, and what season does God want to move you into? How are you building yourself up? And how will you continue to build yourself up? Because you can build yourself up with things you shouldn't build yourself up with, right? God will reveal the next blessing to you, but what are you going to do with it? Are you going to be like, I made it. Yes. And stop building yourself up? You know, they say like, a lot of people say like, oh, well, don't get too ahead of yourself. And I think that's wise. You shouldn't get put in a position and then start immediately looking for the next position. But build yourself up for it. You can build yourself up to become a better man or a woman without manipulating to get the next spot. Make yourself valuable. Make yourself wanted. Make your talents undeniably seen. And make your calling unquestionable. Let everyone know who you're following and why you're so blessed. I like this quote, and we're almost done. I actually came up with it today. I think I came up with it. I texted Alex in the middle of the day. It says, I continue to eat because I'm still hungry. Now, a lot of us might immediately jump to the buffet, but I think it's a really good workout shirt because, like, people are like, why are you always in the gym? Well, I continue to eat because I'm still hungry. I'm still hungry. I still, I still want to get bigger. I still want to get stronger. And I think that's the mentality we need to have in Christianity. It's not enough to get an understanding of one scripture or one passage or one concept or, or just come to church on Sundays and think that we're full. Our plates are full. We actually need to build ourselves up a little bit more than that. We need to continue the heat. We need to stay hungry, right? We need three meals a day in order to survive. I mean, if you're really good at fasting, praise you. You're not, I'm not. But... 
you know, I want all the food, right, Pastor Bob? Like, all of the food. <laughs> and, and, but in our word, in our spirit, continue to eat because we're still hungry. Stay hungry. No matter what season you find yourself, continue to fill yourself up with God so that when his time is ready for you to step into that new season, you've already been presented with all of the tools that you need to be successful in it. I know Miss Cora started a new job this week, and I think they are so blessed to have such an awesome woman of God on that campus, to be honest. And I would say that was a true blessing, right? God really moved you in that spot, right? And if you guys know Miss Cora, she will do anything on this campus that is asked of her, almost to a fault. Like, it's almost like, Cora, you can say no. And she's like, no, 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 no. And any ministry that we have on campus, she wants to be a part of it. Anytime there's word or worship or whatever, I can truly say the woman that we've all gotten to know today is so different from the woman we met when you first came here. And I think that's a great example of how we should build ourselves up. Where's Tyler? Yeah, go. Amen. Amen. Hold on, my buddy Tyler is going to join me on stage. Everyone make some noise for Tyler. If you guys didn't know, that's my best friend. Who said wow? Yeah, we do love cars. So I want to ask you guys today, and I don't want to do no crazy altar call, and we're not going to scream at you and, and pray in tongues and smack you upside the head or anything, but are you ready for that next season? Do you feel like you're ready for that next season? Do you feel like you're ready for that next blessing? Or even if you don't feel like you are, and you just want to get built up more, sometimes it's okay to ask God where we feel like we're lacking and just saying like, you know, God, I might not be ready for that next opportunity. I might not be ready for that next blessing, but can you help me get there? And when it's your time, can you show me that I'm ready for it? And if that's you tonight, I just want you to stand up where you are because I really just want to pray for you. And that's it. There's no fun and games. There's no craziness. I just, I just want to, you guys are making a public declaration to God that you want to know something a little bit more, right? You want to be able to do a little bit more. You're asking God for clarity on your situation. And maybe he is ready to move you into the next season. And all he really needed was for you to take that act of faith to step out and show him that, yeah, I am ready. So church, we got to build each other up, right? So if you see somebody standing next to you, reach out, put an arm on them. Let them know that, that they're not alone, even if we are all asking the same thing. Father God, I just thank you for these amazing people. I just ask that you touch them, you bless them, that you minister to them, Father God, and you allow them to know where it is that you want them to be, Father God. And whatever we're asking for, if we're asking for a new job opportunities or new ministry opportunities or just a change of pace or we know that we're in a position where we don't feel like we're meeting the need and we need to get built up a little bit more in order to fully, fully do what you asked us to do where we're at. We just ask that you reveal those things to us and you show us what it is you'll have us do. Rather, it is that you need us to get in your word and build up a little bit more before we do go into that next season or if we're right where you want us to be and you just want us to press in in this, this space. We just thank you for, the, 
for these things, Father God, and we just ask you to remind us daily that we need to build ourselves up and, and show us how to do that. In your name we pray, amen. Thank you guys for joining us here at DP City. You guys are free to go. Get some rest. See you guys soon. Love you guys. Thank you for joining us today at DP City Church. We would love the opportunity to pray for you. And we are believing God will do big things in your life this year. You can contact us at info.dpcitychurch.com. If you'd like to give to our ministry, you can visit www.dpcitychurch.com. Thanks again. God bless.